0: many hijackers looks like three oh, scrambled f-16s yeah as we speak but you what you doing? hello you beautiful nerds season two of amazon prime's original series the boys is dropping next month and i thought it'd be fun to talk about the first season that came out last year because this show is fucking twisted so if by some miracle you're not already drunk because you're wallowing in your own sadness on account of 2020 being just the worst let's drink then smoke then drink some more then let's chat about our favorite superhero murderers the boys <laughs> First, a prelude. In the year of our Lord, 2006, writer Garth Ennis was about to debut his new comic book series, The Boys. Prior to his debut, Ennis said that The Boys was going to out-preacher-preacher, which some of you may not get what that means, but if I do. I understood that reference. Preacher was another Garth Ennis co-creation that was one of the most violent, sexual, and just plain weird comic book series ever. So saying that the boys was gonna outdo Preacher was no small statement. Preacher is the shit. Or at least the series is. I never read the comics because they kind of scared the shit out of me as a kid, but adult me can totally handle his demented nature, and I love the show. It is strange and savage in all the best ways. And I must say, Seth, Evan, and showrunner Eric Kripke have out-preachered Preacher. Now, enough praise for Preacher. Let's talk about what we're talking about here. The premise. The Boys is set in a world where superheroes are commonplace. They save the day, star in blockbuster movies, and have billions of adoring fans. But this show posits that if absolute power really does corrupt absolutely, how would that affect the superhero community? Why would they act any different than sleazy Hollywood executives, corrupt CEOs, or abusive police? This story is all about power and how it can corrupt good and how it can empower evil. Now when you hear a title like The Boys, you probably think is going to be the male equivalent to HBO's Girls. But this is a surprisingly diverse cast, and each character has a unique voice and backstory. There are a lot of characters, and I kind of sort of love every stinking one of them. So to save some time, I'm only going to gush over five, three characters, four characters. I'm only going to talk about four characters. Huey, though the show starts with our quote-unquote heroes saving the day, that's really just to introduce the audience to the world. The story really starts when mild-mannered Huey, or as I like to call him, baby quaid is traumatized when his girlfriend is accidentally killed by one of the most popular superheroes in the world and the reaction feels eerily similar to when a police officer kills an innocent person in the line of duty sometimes there's an apology and maybe someone gets a settlement but there are a lot of systems in place that make it very difficult to charge a cop for murder while in the line of duty because superheroes in this world are protected even more so from any kind of accountability baby quaid feels so helpless he's willing to take some very bad advice from a guy with a very flimsy explanation of just like who the fuck are you supposed to be? This is like a scene in the Matrix. Now, you could take the fucking red pill. Or you could take the blue pill. was it the red pill anyway? Take the other pill. Equipping a cunt. Which pill do you want me to take? Just quipping a cunt. Baby Quay's character shows the audience just how awful these superheroes are, and it works really well, because we're just as shocked and horrified as he is. I mean, we've been living in the golden age of superhero blockbusters since X-Men and Spidey started filling seats and breaking records back in the early 2000s. We know how heroes are supposed to act. But on this show, none of them, even the good ones, act like they do in the movies. Which brings me to my next favorite character. Small town Iowa girl, unexpected child prodigy, is chosen for the set. I got it. Yeah i sorry! <laughs> Starlight's story is kind of like the story of the good cop. I'm not sure if you guys have seen the documentary Crime and Punishment, but it follows the struggles a group of cops in New York go through. These are good cops. They risk their lives and their livelihood to expose the truth about illegal quota practices in the NYPD. They're trying to shed a light to corruption to make sure it doesn't happen again, but they're constantly met with opposition of the system. I kept thinking about that documentary as I was watching Starlight progress through the series. She's a genuinely good person. The show is oozing with moral ambiguity, but other than mother's milk she might be the only actual good person on the show since when did hopeful and naive become the same thing i mean why would you get into this business if not to save the world But she is initially so intoxicated by the idea of joining The Seven that she makes one too many compromises to her own integrity. But she rallies and comes out on the other side just as emotionally strong as she was before. Even though she was hurt by Huey's deception, if it weren't for him telling her the truth, she probably would have ended up like Maeve. I started giving pieces of myself away, and I guess I gave away everything. Just be original. (sighs) For fuck's sake. Be the annoying goody-two-shoes asshole that you are. One of us has to be. Homelander. I'm the Homelander, Mm -hmm. and I can do whatever the fuck I want. Homelander is a goddamn crazy person. He's easily become one of my favorite characters in TV history, and actor Anthony Starr plays him wonderfully. You know he's Australian, right? I don't care about the show. I just want a good blooper reel. (laughs) Great. That's all I care about, really. In the first episode, Homelander is portrayed as a hero's hero. He's stronger, more powerful, and shucks, he's just nicer than anyone else you've ever met. But very quickly, all those pals and you betches turn into... You have some information. Yeah, we, um... We go back to the Teenage Kicks days, we, we still keep in touch. Oh golly gee shucks, what makes you think I would give two fucks about that? To fully understand the character of Homelander, we need to go no further than episode 4. This was one of the most heart-wrenching scenes I've ever seen in a television show. We've seen Superman do this a million times in movies and cartoons and all kinds of shit. It's a signature move, and more often than not he makes it look like a fucking cakewalk. But this situation goes terribly wrong. Homelander may get on the plane, kill the terrorists, and seemingly save the day. But then the pilot gets killed and Homelander fucks up the controls so everybody on the plane is gonna die Maeve has a heart so she's trying to figure out how they can save everyone or even a few people you gotta go out there lift the plane up lift the plane how there's nothing to stand on it's fucking air i don't know fly at it ram it and homelander couldn't care less he's like well i guess that didn't work oh well I'm going to go home and jerk off to Elizabeth shoe. We've already heard how he really feels about human beings, so this reaction isn't shocking per se, but actually witnessing all of these crying, hysterical people afraid to die and maybe trying to find a way to save them juxtaposed with Homelander's saccharine facade is just hard to watch in the best way. Does that make me sick? Yeah, I think I think that makes me sick. Then he turns the whole situation into a political move, which is just... Ugh. His speech is even, and I'm not sure if you even realize this, but his speech is very similar to George W. Bush's speech after 9-11. I can hear you. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people and the people who knocked these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We hear you, Homelander! And I hear you, brother. I hear you. And the world hears you. And very, very soon, my friend, whoever did this to us will hear from all of us. He is terrified. I mean, he's obviously the strongest man in the world, and he has zero morality. But possibly the scariest thing about him is that he's very smart. How he interacts with Stillwell is interesting, because he's clearly stronger than her. But her control over him is still believable. Stillwell keeps him in check because of their weird, Norman Bates-esque relationship. But as soon as he finds out that something is awry, he outsmarts her and takes her out of the picture. It'll be interesting to see what Homelander gets up to in the next season now that he isn't under Stillwell's control. Okay, the last character I want to talk about deserves a deep dive, because what they did with him and his story is a subversion of a trope that has been used a couple dozen too many times that's right i'm talking about billy butcher (laughs) holy fuck that was diabolical! I put up a spoiler alert warning earlier, but if you haven't seen this show yet, you really I, I would stop watching this video now. Billy Butcher is like a fucking cartoon. He talks, acts, and dresses like a fucking pirate, and he's a lot of fun to watch. A few episodes into the season, we find out that Homelander raped and probably killed Butcher's wife. And that's why he's got this huge vendetta against Homelander. Now, when this came up in the series, I was kind of bummed. I was really digging the story, and Butcher wanting revenge because Homelander killed his wife felt warm. Just cuz it's so overdone and fridging Butcher's wife and Baby Quaid's girlfriend seems like a lot for one show. I'm not gonna get into fridging as a trope in storytelling, cuz this video is already long as shit, but Anita Sarkeesian has a really great video talking about it. You should check that out. I was just hoping that he would have better motivation. But wait. Hold up, there's something fucked up going on. Cause turns out, Homelander doesn't know what the fuck Billy is talking about. He didn't kill Butcher's wife, and he didn't rape her either. They had sex, but we find out that, that was very much consensual. And this was one of my favorite twists in the show. Butcher has done a lot of fucked up shit in the name of getting justice for his dead wife. And he did all this with the presumption that Homelander did this terrible, terrible thing. The fact that she's not dead, and she totally cheated on him with fucking evil Superman is way cooler. I seriously cannot wait to see what happens next season between all these characters and how Butcher handles all the shit with Homelander. Knowing Butcher, my guess is it's not gonna be in a healthy way. But considering how talented this writing team is, I have all the faith in their world that they're gonna step their game up next season. My ranking, I loved it. And if you really can't wait for the new season, binge watch Preacher. That should be just depraved enough to hold you over till then. Okay, that's it for this video. But if there's anything you guys want us to talk about, let us know and go ahead and click that like button before you forget. Don't feel bad, I forget all the time. Stay safe, my little soups, and may the force be with you.